Welcome to the CTO Studio. I'm your host, Nikolai Walker. Today we are joined in studio by Imad Georgie, who's going to give us the final installment for playbook number four, Pragmatic Agile. Here we go. Let's do that. By the way, with the people side of things, I mean, we can dedicate a whole session to it. There are some crazy things that I do with teams to get to that vulnerability um, and to get to the truth. So um, so I'll tell you one thing I do. And this is part of like, okay, how do we build in an exercise? I've done this with large teams. I've done this with small teams. Um, I have a number of things that I do. But um, so, for example, with, with um, uh, some teams I've done where teams are struggling with accountability, as an example, right? Oh, people are not accountable, people are not accountable, people are not accountable. Okay, you hear this, blah, 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 right? And, um, you know, everyone thinks culture is this, like, ambiguous cloud that's outside of themselves. Culture is a personal responsibility. It's essentially the, the stories that I tell every day. If I spent my day bitching and moaning about the company, congratulations, that's my contribution to the culture. If I spent my day delivering and helping people, that's my contribution, right? That's culture to me. It's an individual accountability. So anyway, with, with accountability issues, and you can apply this to other things too, um, I've taken teams where, you know, team in the room, or it could be multiple teams, okay, we all have problems with accountability, great. So on the, on the wall, we have a five score system. You put one, two, three, four, five, where, you know, three is you're accountable, you know, you're doing your job. Four is I'm accountable for not just my team or myself, but for my peers. You know, five might be I'm accountable for everything in the company. You know, one is poor. Right. So I kind of put these descriptions up and people are looking at me like, OK, what, what is he going to do with this? Right. So I tell people, great, I want you to line up under the number you think you are. So essentially like building a living bar graph. Right. So people um, and I've done this over the years with many teams. Uh, people play it safe. You know, most people go under three. The people that are really accountable, they go under two. Maybe some people go under four. They go under two because they don't want to give themselves credit or whatever it is, right? Nobody goes under one. Nobody goes under five. Sometimes one or two people will go under five. I say, great. Look around the room. Take some time to look around. You know, so they're standing there. And then I go one by one. So let's say I stood under number two. I say, great. Who agrees that Ahmad is a number two? So people might raise their hand, and, and some people will be kind of shocked, like, oh, do I say the truth? Do I not? You know, Who agrees Ahmad's lower? Who agrees Ahmad's higher? <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, who agrees Ahmad's higher, right? And um, I might, if the environment allows, I might ask why. I might be like, okay, hey, Etienne, why do you think Ahmad's lower? Well, you know, yesterday he did this and this. Okay, the majority wins. So what I do is actually physically calibrate people to the majority. So if the majority of people think that I'm higher, they think I'm not a two, they think I'm a three, and we go through that whole exercise and that live feedback, I physically move myself to number three. And we do this for every individual until everyone's physically calibrated. And that exercise blows people's minds because it's automatic live feedback right there. You're actually showing everyone your own self-concept Right? Hey, I believe I'm a four. All of a sudden, you're downgraded into a two. Uh, invariably, in the majority of these exercises over the years, most people get upgraded or they stay the same. Very few times, it becomes an exercise where you're actually building people up.
but it's also if it's truth. So one, there's some you know rules of engagement, right? And one of them is no opinions. It's you got to give concrete examples, so people can wrestle with that. Um, and it's a way to kind of jump the team from we're just doing the same thing every day to what's the truth of what's going on. Let's just cut to that, and it sets the tone for the rest of my engagement with them, right? It's like this is how we're going to operate. This is this is how we're going to talk. And I do a number of things like that. So I just wanted to highlight that under the people strategy. I I like the idea of um, bringing out into the open what everyone's carrying in their own heads. Fourth one is uh, what I call pragmatic agile. Um, so, you know, everyone says they're agile, but it's bullshit. Well, now it's such a buzzword with everybody. And you hear business people talking about it. You hear board members talking about it. You hear technology people talking about it. We've lost sight of what it really means. We've lost sight of the original principles why it even started. Like, I don't give a shit if you can go stand up for 15 minutes or 20 minutes. I don't give a shit about that. Like, you know, oh, so you're going to stand around every day and go, I worked on one, two, three. Today I'm working on four, five, six. No impediments. Okay. Like, why Why are we doing this? I would stand up and stand up and go, why are we doing this? We should just not meet every day then. Like, this is a waste of time. Um, it's because at some point, we're very, like, as human beings, we're very comfortable with structure. And we fall more in love with structure than the spirit behind why it was created in the first place, right? So it's much more easier for me to go into a stand-up and go, I worked on one, two, three, then I'm working on four, five, six, no impediments, and move on. It's much harder for me to say, you know what? I, for the last year, I have been so fucking frustrated that I cannot deploy to this environment. Are we going to do something about this today or not? That, to me, is a much more valuable stand-up or discussion, right? And i got to get this fixed today, right? So do you have guidelines? Do you, do you have just an off-the-cuff guideline for, for, for what stand-ups should do to uncover what you just said? Is it just like, hey, it's more like a 15-minute check-in on em everyone's emotional state? or, or what, what? No, I mean, I still like to follow the structure, um, but I, it, I do key in on the impediments piece. Um, you know, so every day there's an impediment. There's something. There's always something. And also key in on, do you need help? Hey, um, um, so this is part of the overall definition of Agile for me is, what are we measuring? What are we learning from the measurement? What are we doing based on that learning? Measure, learn, do, right? And so if I have metrics in place where I'm saying, hey, our team's actually a lot slower coming out of the gate in this sprint than we ever have been. What's going on, guys? How can we help this? So it's not a shaming. It's not like, hey, you know, I noticed you're not, you know, checking in code as much as you did or whatever. It's like, What's going on? What's the root cause here? Well, this and this. Okay, how can I help you with that? Let's go fix that. And then the next day should be different. You should go into the next stand-up different. Like, it should actually iterate. <laughs> That's why you have the stand-up. So, um, you know, I think I like the structure. It's just about what you do about it. I wonder if one should flirt with the reversing the questions and say, do you have impediments? Oh, yeah, I'm trying to do X. 
Okay, then you 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 don't try and answer it. You just go to oh, so what did you work on? Oh, I was trying to do Z, but then I ran into problem X. And part of it, Etienne, too, is to bring that to the surface is what we measure. So one of the things I like to measure is impediment closure velocity. So if I'm tracking impediments and the owners of impediments, I'm actually tracking how fast, once you get a sign, do you resolve an impediment. The clock starts. And I hold people accountable to that. And I incorporate that into performance reviews, too, um, as well, in some cases. So if people know that, they get a lot more serious about reporting and resolving. And even I've even built some healthy competitions around it, like, oh, you know, fastest impediment closure team of the sprint was Team A. Congratulations, you get a gift card. I am realizing now how easy it is to not talk about the impediments because you're focused on what you did and and what you're going to work on, but then it's so easy to kind of fly by what what is the blocker and and if you if you like you said if you have the mindset that there's always an impediment tell me that there isn't an impediment then then i think it opens the door to for everyone to think what is stopping me from getting this ticket addressed it's 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 yeah it's just sort of a lulled the stand up i completely understand it's a bit of a lull. It's a bit of a, you know, I'm still working on this thing. I'm, you know, I yesterday I did. And it becomes exponentially harder when people are in different time zones. And um, what other aspects of Agile do you think is, is bullshit that people think that they're doing but they're not really doing? Or what, what other tips do you have in this quadrant? This is a whole other session by itself. <laughs> so um, I think one thing is to focus on experiential knowledge. We talked about this, like knowing the product, knowing the customers. Operating from a place of firsthand knowledge is really key and holding people accountable to that. So what I've seen in sprint reviews and sprint meetings and all sorts of stuff is opinions, right? People come in and say, oh, well, I heard, you know, blah, blah, blah. This does not support um, our scale, our scalability goals. And, and then all of a sudden people will scurry and start to spin up meetings and, okay, we got to discuss this and debate this. And actually the, the principle that I like to use is the person that's making the claim is responsible to defend the claim. So I will not spend a second of time on your opinion until you prove it. There will be no meetings. There will be no discussions. So as engineers, if I come to the table and I say, hey, um, I believe this actually doesn't support our scaling goals. I actually did this POC to prove it. Let me show it to you. Okay, now we have something to talk about, right? But if all you're doing is coming to the table with an opinion, well, I'm sorry, like we're not spending any time on it. The other piece of the, of the Agile piece is using metrics for good. Um, I think people don't know how to use metrics, and um, it's a big part of what I do with clients as well, is building dashboards based on my playbook, but also based on are we delivering value, what's our velocity, what's our quality. But using that, sometimes getting, just getting to the dashboard is hard enough. But once people get to the dashboard, then it's all up for misinterpretation, you know, um, is also coaching people on how do you operationalize those metrics. So you got to use them in your day-to-day. -day. Like I was talking about the impediment closure velocity. All right, that's a metric. I'm going to use it to make sure that, you know, my teams, my leaders are resolving impediments for their team, which means that the teams feel they have a voice. We're improving scalability in the org. 
I mean, there's all sorts of things that are part of that. So how do I use metrics for good um, to drive towards the goals that I want and the vision that I want for that team? Do you, and I, and I can imagine that those metrics are super helpful at the non-technical level for CEOs or VPs of product, or, 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 or do you mean that the metrics are for the team, by the team? Yeah, I believe there's different layers of metrics. There are metrics that are specific for the team and should never be out of the team's scope because, for example, a burn down doesn't belong in the boardroom. I believe that. A burn down is for the team to self-adjust, look at it, each other and go, oh, okay, at the rate we're going, how do we help each other here because we're going slower? Or, hey, we're going faster, we can pick up some more work, right? Um, you know, a boardroom looks at that and goes, you should be perfect. Why, why aren't you on the perfect line? What's going on, you know? Well, your estimates suck. Well, what are you doing about your estimates? And it becomes this whole other conversation. So I think there's different levels, and I've actually built levels as part of a playbook. So there's team-level metrics. I have a number of them. Then there's, like, CTO-level metrics. And then there's business-leader-level metrics. And then there's board metrics. So I've built dashboards with CTOs, for CTOs, where, hey, you walk in um, to your workday. It's the first thing you look at. And then you determine, like, what are my interpretations of these numbers? For example, for one CTO, all, all um, she cared about was um, what is the stability of my platform? What are we doing about quality? And what is my release cadence? And so literally it was three metrics with a trend analysis. And that's an aggregation of all sorts of other things that are going on at the team level. But at the end of the day, that's what she cared about. So that's what she looked at. And she could drill down to other granularities if she wanted but we sort of boiled it down to ultimately, what do you care about every day? Let's get you visibility of that, right? Thanks again for joining me here in the CTO studio. And a big thank you to Imad Georgie, who was our guest today, who's a former a CTO for Experian and now runs his own consulting firm. If you would like to say hello to him, please head over to 7CTOs.com. We always encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so you have the latest things that we are talking about. And as always, we will see you next time.